You'll want to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you may have. Uh, this morning I want to talk to us for a little while about something you're probably not familiar with. You probably don't know anyone that is like this. I know we don't have anyone in this congregation, but it's still good to talk about these subjects to perhaps prevent them. And so that is the subject of being hot-tempered or hot-headed. We're going to talk for a little while this morning about anger, and we're going to talk about wrath. Now, I want you to also understand, as we talk about anger, we talk about wrath, there are some things that should make us angry. Uh, the Bible speaks about the anger of God. God is angered from time to time. And so we'll see to today in this lesson that it's not necessarily a sin to be angry. Uh, a lot of times it's what we do when we become angry. But what we also want to deal with is, number one, anger within ourselves, also dealing with others that have anger problems. And so let's talk for a little while and see what the Bible says about being hot-tempered because from time to time I have known people over the years who were known to be very hot-tempered and it was accepted because, well, you know, that's just how he is or that's how she is. And they would try to excuse it as well by saying, well, you know I have a short fuse as though I can't help it. Well, you'd better help it because the Bible tells you to. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says, But now ye also put off all these, what? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. What is the difference between anger and wrath? Anger is a strong feeling of displeasure that all individuals feel when they are hurt or challenged. It is quite normal to feel angry at times. Wrath is an extreme form of anger which is destructive as well as vindictive. This can lead the person to engage in extremely destructive behavior towards, one's, towards others and also even towards oneself at times. It is possible to be angry and not sin. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26, the Bible says, Be ye angry and sin not. You have to be careful what you do when you become angry. Because when you become angry, there is a greater temptation for you to say and do things that are unbecoming of Christians. Jesus was angry on several occasions. No doubt he was angry the time that he ran the uh, money exchangers out of the temple. But I know on this occasion, in Mark chapter 3, verse 5, when there was the man there that had the withered hand and those Pharisees were just waiting to see if he would heal this man's withered hand on the Sabbath so that they could go and, and tell the Herodians and others to, to cause trouble for Christ. The Bible says, And when he, that's Jesus, had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole, as the other. And so the Bible says on that occasion, Jesus was angry, but he certainly did not sin. Anger can become sinful. As I was researching this, I noticed something that was said by Albert Barnes in Barnes' commentary. And he, this is what he says when anger becomes sinful. It becomes sinful when... It is excited without any sufficient or significant cause. Angry without a cause. Anger becomes sinful when it transcends the cause, if any cause really exists. How many times do we get angry when sometimes there's really not a cause for that? Anger becomes sinful when it is against the person rather than the offense. You know, we're 
we teach from time to time that we are to hate the sin but love the sinner. And so another time is when it is attended with the desire of revenge. You're angry, you want revenge. You want to get even, you want to get back. The Bible teaches against that. And it becomes sin when it is cherished and heightened by reflection. And he says, when there is an unforgiving spirit, a determination to exact the utmost satisfaction from the injury which has been done. Sometimes we get angry and we just want people to feel it because we're angry and we want them to suffer. We want them to hurt. We, we want to get at them. And so you can be angry and not sin, but angry can also be a sin at times. So let's talk for a little while, first of all, about dealing with uh, hot-tempered people. In our workplaces, sometimes you have to deal with hot-tempered people. It's very unfortunate if you have a boss, a foreman, a supervisor, someone that's over you that's very hot-tempered because many times they're very hard to please. They're also quite moody at times and, and very difficult. It makes your job more difficult uh, when you have someone that is a very hot-tempered, hot-natured person. Too often these people don't think when they get angry and they do things that they later regret. That's why you find them not all of them, but many will be saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, over and over again. They're hot-tempered. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. As a general rule, when we lose our tempers, it's when we do things that are not right, that are not wise, that will not do good, but rather will lead to doing harm. And so when dealing with someone that's hot-tempered, we need to keep in mind that this is when they are likely to do things that are very foolish, as the Bible says. Also, they, they get overwhelmed by their emotions. In Proverbs 27, verse 4, the Bible says, Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. The American Standard says that anger is overwhelming. You've seen children, I know, have temper tantrums. Uh, they just, they don't get their way. They become angry. That anger builds. They become very emotional. Uh, I've seen some uh, in stores and other places that just, they'll fall on the ground and they'll start kicking the ground and screaming and having a fit uh, until they get what they want. As parents, my advice to you would be make sure they get something they don't want when they act like that. If you allow that to happen when they're children, they'll grow up still acting like that. And so then whoever they marry will have to deal with temper tantrums all the time. And so you need to stop that as parents. Do your children and, and, and your family in the future a favor by, by putting a stop to that, those uncontrolled emotions. Teach them how to control. Te perhaps that, that you may need to teach them when they're young, that, that you can throw a fit just like they can, maybe a little bigger. And they won't get the, they won't get the good, the better end of the deal. Uh, teach them, train them, because when people become that angry, bad things generally happen. Therefore, it is nearly impossible, as you have noticed, I'm sure, to reason with an angry person until that person calms down some. You tried to reason with someone that's just so emotional and so worked up and so keyed up and the person won't listen, the person shouts and, and talks over you and has no desire whatsoever uh, to work things out in a peaceable way. And so when we're dealing with people that are all worked up and angry and and furious and full of wrath. We need to take heed to what Solomon said in Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous wor uh, words stir up 
anger. That word grievous there means harsh. That's what the word that's used in the New King James. Harsh words. And so, to combat this, you don't retaliate. You don't attack. You don't lose your cool. You don't lose your temper. You see, when people are like that, that's, that's what a lot of times they want you to do. They want you to respond with anger. But anger with anger only makes things worse. Think about what Solomon said. A soft answer turneth away wrath. But you know, that takes a lot of strength, doesn't it? When you're being attacked, to, have, uh, to give soft answers, uh, to speak with kindness, to stay calm during those times. But when you retaliate, when you use hard words and harsh words, it just escalates. Whether it's on your job or in your homes or wherever it is, it will only make things worse. And so you can't reason with a person who's having a temper tantrum. You can't reason with a person who has, uh, as we say, blown a fuse. We need to respond to anger, uh, not with anger, because that only makes things worse. Again, in Proverbs 29, verse 22, an angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgression. That's not a good place to be, to be with someone, to have to deal with someone who has lost his cool, who is uh, having a temper tantrum, throwing a fit, angry, screaming, uh, many times cursing and, and threatening. We're living in a time when there's more and more of that being displayed. When you watch the news and you see what's going on, and especially these larger cities, you see a lot of temper tantrums, you see a lot of angry people, you see a lot of uh, people creating a lot of chaos and, and uh, inflicting pain on others, even the innocent. It is hard to be calm, however, when you're being attacked. And you've probably been attacked if you've lived uh, very long at all in this old world, especially uh, you know, in the workplace, or, or you may get attacked just you know, in Walmart or somewhere this day and time. You just you never know, but you've seen these angry people. You've probably been attacked at some time or another. Perhaps you've been attacked m more than just a few times. And so it's hard to, to say what you're supposed to say and act the way you're supposed to act when you're being attacked. But often the angry person, as you know, is looking for a fight. That person wants you to attack back. That person wants you to, to fire back and, and to act like that person is acting. You know why? Because when you give a soft answer, it makes that person look bad. That's not what that person wants. You know, I would probably all of us have a little hot button somewhere. And most likely the one that you love the most knows exactly where that button is and knows exactly how to poke that button and when to poke that button to get the reaction that that person wants from you. If you live long enough, you learn to protect that button. You learn to try to keep it away from people where they can't touch that hot button because most of us have a point within us. If someone pushes us far enough we can show out as well. But don't we feel bad about it when it happens? But realize, we deal with people that have hot buttons, and we need to be careful we don't push those buttons. But when those buttons are pushed, when people do become stirred up, we have to be very careful how we deal with them and how we handle those situations. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18, the Bible says... A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. And so, your natural reaction, most likely, when someone fires up on you, is to fire back, right? We don't have to take that off of anyone. We can fire up just like they can fire up. 
But what have we accomplished? Just think of all the lives that have been lost over the years because someone was in a rage and, and angry and, and then someone else retaliated because they became angry. And Isn't that how fights get started? Isn't that how people end up getting shot and cut and the things that happen? Because someone did not handle that angry person in a biblical way. As Christians, we must learn how to handle angry people. Sometimes the answer is, when possible, just to walk away, to leave. My mom always told me, and I'm sure you've heard this many times, it takes two to fight. That was some of the best advice she gave me before Aletha and I married. However, I didn't take heed to it all the time. I wish now that I had, but it takes two. And so give soft answers. Stay calm. Be slow to anger. It also takes love. It takes love for a person to be able to withstand the abuse until the other person calms down. You've got to love someone to work with that situation because it's difficult. But the Bible says again in Proverbs 10 verse 12, hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sin. When you are with someone that you love that has a problem with his or her temper, when you really love them, you'll try to work with them. You'll, you'll try to understand and you'll try to help them learn to control their emotions and control their, their tempers, control that, that anger and, and not to have that wrath build up within them because it will only do hurt to them. It will harm them and it will also harm those that are around them. And here's something else that the Bible teaches in Proverbs chapter 19 about dealing with those that have these temper tantrums and, and have uh, filled with wrath and anger, hatred, whatever the case is. In verse 19 of Pro Proverbs 19, the Bible says, A man of great wrath shall suffer punishment. For if thou deliver him, yet thou must do it again. What does he mean by that? Well, first of all, let's notice humility is the solution to a hot-temperedness. Be humble. But what he's saying in this verse is being rescued from these tantrums or these fits or whatever uh, mistakes causes a person to become arrogant after a while. They, they see no need to change because, well, they had no consequences. I grew up in a congregation where there was a man who had a very bad temper. You wouldn't know he'd be redheaded. And he liked control. And when you didn't agree with him, you would see how short his fuse was. And the number of people that left that church because, not because of false doctrine, because the truth was being taught, but because of this man's uncontrolled temper. People don't want to be around that anywhere and especially in the church and when you're 50 or 60 or 70 years old there's no excuse for not being able to control your emotions and your tempers you've got to it is true some people have shorter fuses than others I think Malachi is one of the few my son that I don't know if he even has a temper. I've never seen him have a temper tantrum. I've never seen him get mad or show it where you could see he was mad. He, I guess he, he deals with it in a different way, but, but I, would try to, I would try to 
get him angry when I was coaching him in football where he would be more aggressive and he just didn't have it in him. But his father's not like that. I've got enough temper for all of us, but I had to learn to control it. Just saying, oh, I've got a temper. Y'all know I've got a temper, so it's okay for me to, to act out. And then I'll just tell you, well, I'm sorry when I calm down. As this man would do after he would have a blow up and upset people in the church. Later, he would come before the church and he would say, if I've sinned against anyone, please forgive me. The next time someone disagreed with him, he'd blow up again and again and again, as though to say, well, I can't help it. It's just the way that I am. You better help it. When you allow your uncontrolled anger to hurt people and to run people away from a congregation and run people away from the church, you've got a problem that needs to be corrected. And hopefully, if that's the case with any of us, we have people around us who love us enough who will take the things that we're talking about that are in Scripture and use them to help us to overcome these things. That is, answering with a soft answer. And that is being calm when we're not. And showing love to us as we work to control our anger. And then, of course, when we act out, there needs to be consequences. So if you love those people, when they act out, don't just, just act like nothing ever happened. Don't just cover up for them. You see, that's what happens a lot of times with these children. Their parents cover up for them. They act like, oh, you know, it's just, that's just the way little so-and-so is, and isn't she cute, isn't he cute, and, and everything's okay. Don't, don't do that. You make sure that they suffer the consequences. Or else it's just going to continue and continue and continue. It's going to be hard on them. It's going to be hard on others. And so that's a little bit about dealing with those that are uh, having temper tantrums or, or, or angry, uh, out of control, being ugly. But what about dealing with a hot temper within ourselves? What if, what if you have the problem? It's not just dealing with someone that does. We're going to have to deal with some in our lives who have uh, hot tempers and we need to not retaliate. Don't do what, what most likely your first instinct is, your first thing you want to do. Normally is the wrong thing to do. Think of God's Word and use God's Word to guide you in dealing with those that have hot tempers. It's hard for someone to continue to be angry with someone that's being nice to them. But dealing with hot tempers within ourselves, the most common reason for getting angry is attempting to control something or someone that you have no control over. You notice that? Situations. You want to control them, but you don't have control. It makes you angry. You want to control people, and you can't control them. It makes you angry when they don't do what you want them to do, like you want them to do it, and when you want them to do it. Makes you angry. So when you get angry because you can't control someone, and some of us do like control, right? I'm not the only one. You like control? Some don't. Most of us do. I find within myself, as hard as it is to admit it, I love control. That's why I drive my truck. I don't let someone else drive my truck. I want to be in control. Control. We like control. We like to have things the way we like to have them. And when things are not going the way we want them to go, sometimes we become angry. We become frustrated. Sometimes we, we let our emotions run away with us. 
Listen, if you got that problem, you need to hold back your emotions. When you feel that coming on, you're going to have emotional moments. You're going to have things that you deal with. That's part of being human. But the test is, can you control your emotions? Can you keep them within God's boundaries? In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, the Bible says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. You know, it's a great thing to be able to go in and conquer a city. If you'd have been a soldier, a, a captain of an army, and you could go in, you could capture a city, that would be a great thing. That would show power. That would show might. But you know what? It shows more might when you feel those emotions and that, that temper being stirred within you for you to be able to put a lid on it. Control your temper. Hold back on those emotions. When you feel yourself kind of warming up, you know how it kind of comes over you sometimes. Sometimes you feel it coming slowly, it builds, but then other times it's just like out of nowhere. You're just, something is said, something is done, and you don't have control over it. The next thing you know, you are fired up. And you want to say this, and you want to do that. Hold back on those emotions. As a general rule, when you move hastily, especially being moved by emotions, you're going to say and do things that you ought not to do. So don't rush into anger. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Notice, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. You want to be a fool? Just carry your bosom full of anger around. I was watching a Western yesterday, and one of the characters in that Western, he was so mad. He was so angry with his wife, with his son, with the sheriff, with uh, the people of the town. He was just a bitter, angry person. I looked at that, and I just thought, that is horrible. But there are people in our world who are like that. Everything is doom and gloom and negative and they're mad at everyone about everything and nothing's going right. Don't be quick to be angry. So hold back on those emotions. Don't rush to be angry. Don't get in a hurry there. And force yourself to listen. Listen. James said in James chapter 1 verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Swift to hear. Be quick to listen. You see, in verse 20 he goes on to say, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Just what we've been saying. How many times do you see people having a temper tantrum doing God's will? Be quick to listen. Before you explode, if you're going to do it, make sure you gather all the facts. Understand what is really going on. Far too often the angry person isn't mad about reality. But what he thought was said or what he thought had happened when the reality is explained, usually the storm dissipates. The problem is, we take something a certain way and we blow up and we show our behinds and then after all that excitement and all that craziness, then we hear what really happened or what really was said and we feel very small. Because we didn't listen. We took what we thought we heard and exploded. And husbands and wives, let me tell you this. Every time you do that, every time you act like that, you chip away at the love that your spouse has for you a little bit 
every time you do that, that love is starting to diminish. You think you can throw a fit and then say, well, okay, I I'm sorry, I love you, I made a mistake, you know, and everything's going to be okay, and you're going to be right back where you're at before you pitched a fit? No, uh-uh. Even though that person loves you, that love is taking a hit every time you act that way. Same thing with any of your relationships. Not just husband and wife. It can be mom and child, father, child, brother, sister. It's not worth it. Make sure you've got the facts. That still doesn't give you a reason to have a temper tantrum or to attack someone or be ugly or unkind. When is it a time to be ugly and unkind to someone? Something else you have to do, if, if you know you're dealing with some anger issues, you've got to ignore personal attacks. Because those that want to get to you, they know you have anger issues. They will, they will attack you in a personal way. Because you know what? If they want to make you look bad and you, you are not dealing with your anger very well, then the next thing you know, they can make you look real ugly in front of a lot of people very quickly. They can damage your reputation. They can hurt you. It hurts you to throw a fit. It will hurt those around you. In Proverbs 19, verse 11, the Bible says the discretion uh, of, of a man makes him slow to anger. And his glory is to overlook a transgression. That discretion is good sense. So the good sense of a man, just having good sense, it's just good sense to be slow to anger. You don't want to be angry. You try not to be angry. Now, there is such a thing as righteous indignation, and, and you see things that are going on that uh, people are being mistreated, and it angers you. That's, that's one thing. But you don't want to go around wanting to be made angry. If you've got good sense, you don't want to get angry. When you get angry, if you get very angry, you don't feel good. It makes you sick. You mope around for a while after that, wishing it had not happened. So good sense will make you slow to anger. And his glory is to overlook a transgression. Sometimes people attack you wrongfully. They try to, they try to get to that hot button. Sometimes you just overlook it. Sometimes it's not worth giving it any attention. Many times it's really a trap. It's a setup. You're being baited. Just go the other way. Do something else. Don't fall for it. There were times in my married life when my button got pushed and I realized that every time I acted out, the devil won. Every time. Whether I was in the right or in the wrong, when I acted out, I was wrong. And the devil won. And that bothered me. I got to the point that I said, not going to happen anymore. You try to push my hot button all you want to. I've got that thing protected. And then if it ever happened, I didn't like it. It hurt me. Not, not that somebody pushed my button, but that I let that happen and I gave in to it and I wasn't strong, I wasn't strong enough at those times. I, I lost. I lost every time. And so this is really what Jesus meant in Matthew 5, 39. But I say unto you, that ye resist, uh, that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. It's 
sometimes you don't always have to be right. Right? When you live long enough, you learn. Sometimes you just turn the other cheek and go on and do what you're supposed to do. Just because someone does wrong doesn't mean that we should do wrong and retaliate. If you'll be honest, you think back, most of the arguments and fusses that you have been in really were over nothing. When it's all said and done, especially those with your husband, your wife, once it's done and over with, things calm down, it's like, what were we fussing over? Nothing. Nothing. Quick-tempered is a learned response. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25, make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. I didn't listen to this one time, and I made friends with an angry man, a crazy man. And some really bad almost came from it. He put thoughts in my head that I don't ever want to have in my head again. But a person, an angry man, can make you so angry that you'll think about doing things to someone that you would never want to do. But people can push you a long ways if you let them. And so he says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. You'll become like him. You'll act like he acts. You act like she acts. And so dealing with a hot temper within ourselves, you need to stay away from hot-tempered people. You remember 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33? Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveth the whole lump? You want a hot temper? Hang out with someone with a hot temper. You may get one just like his. Let's talk for a few minutes about dealing with building wrath within ourselves. Got that hot temper, and then you got wrath. Remember, wrath is something that, it, that temper comes and goes, okay? The wrath is extreme temper that kind of dwells in there. It builds. It's, it's, it's in there, and it just starts building and building. It doesn't just come and go. It's like it just stays in there, and, and it works on you. Don't fret over what was done. Learn to let things go. You can hold on to things for decades. And every time you think about those things, they can make you angry all over again. Furious. You just, you feel those same emotions come back. If you don't let things go that happened in the past. In Psalm 37, verse 8, the Bible says, Cease from anger. And forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. You see, when anger becomes vengeful, when you want to get back, when you let it dwell inside of you and it becomes wrath, you want to get even. Oh no, you want to get a little more than even, right? You want them to feel the pain. You want them to hurt. Let it go. You'll never be what you can be if you hold on to things in the past that causes you to have wrath within you. You've got to let those things go. Somewhere you've got to let them go. Settle problems instead of putting them off. The Bible teaches that. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27, where the Bible says, Be ye angry and sin not, then it says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. When you let that, that wrath dwell within you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to give opportunity to the devil. 
That's what you're going to do. Don't let it go down on your... Don't let the sun go down. In other words, what he's saying is, go take care of the matter. Settle it. Work it out. Settle it. If you can't settle it, just, just drop it. Try to settle it. Try to work it out. If you can't, move on. Don't let that remain in you. It will eat you alive. You'll think about it day and night. You'll keep feeling the, that bad feeling over and over and over again. So it just will continue to build up. And so, take care of it. Whatever it is, go see whoever you need to see. Deal with it. Get it done. And then, when you feel that within you, make sure that, that you, you say and do nice things to the person with whom you're so mad. That works wonders. Really, it does. The Bible teaches it, so you know it works. Do what God says and see what your results are. I promise you, they'll be better than the ones that you get when you don't do what God says. When you do what you feel like you want to do, the results are not going to be nearly as good and favorable as when you do what God says the way God says do it. In Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21, Paul wrote and said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. That's what we want to do. We've got that wrath within us. We want to get a hold of that person. We want to get even. We want to get them back. Oh, wouldn't it feel so good? But rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Can you do a better job than the Lord? If someone did wrong, God's going to take care of it. And I pity those with whom God deals with. But then in verse 20 he says, For us, therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. It's amazing how that works. But look, what he's not saying is this. Hmm. You really want to get even with that person? This is how you're going to get that person. You go do something good. And when he says something bad, you say something good back. You just do good, do good, do good. You know what? You'll hurt that person so bad, and you'll be like, Ha, ah, God. I'm so happy. I feel better now because I hurt him. I hurt him by doing good. But I sure do feel good because I hurt him. No. No, no. You want them to do right. You want them to correct things. You want a relationship. You want good things to come. And so how do you handle that? Just do good to everybody. Isn't that what Paul said in Galatians 6.10? As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to those who are the household of faith. So we are people that are about doing good. Not just to those that do good to us. As the Bible teaches, when we do good to those that do good to us, what have we done? Not, that's no big deal, right? It's easy to do good to those that love you and do good to you. But listen, you really put your Christianity into practice when you go about doing good to those that do not do good to you. You're taking another step then. You're really growing in your... Christianity, you're really becoming like Christ when you take care and you do for those that don't like you, those that want to aggravate you and to irritate you and to cause you to show out and be ugly. You just surprise them. Be a Christian, that's all. Just do good to them. And also remember, if you've got this built up in you, that forgiveness is not an option. In Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15, Jesus said, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, and we have many, right? We need forgiveness as much as anyone. But, contrast, but, if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Do we have an option? Not if you want your trespasses forgiven. And so we have to have that mindset. Look, I've got to forgive this person if this person seeks forgiveness. You see, forgiveness involves also 
releasing the past. That's hard for us to do, isn't it? Like you heard the illustration about the guy burying the hatchet with the handle sticking up out of the ground. Isn't that how we do it sometimes? Oh yeah, I'll forgive you, but until I need to use that against you, then I'm going to go pull that hatchet up out of the ground. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig it back up. You want to destroy your relationships? You keep bringing up the past. You keep using that to whip someone in a relationship over and over again and beat them down. That's not real forgiveness. You see, forgiveness involves releasing the past, and God is an example, the best example. You remember what he told Israel back in Jeremiah 31, verse 34? He said, For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Once an issue's been taken care of and forgiven, you put it behind. You don't bring it up again. Good will not come from it. And so, if you feel wrath within you, you've got to deal with it. And it doesn't matter how often or how soon a person injures you. This is the hard part as well. Jesus taught this in Matthew chapter, I mean Luke chapter 17. Verse 3, he said, Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. Now that's how you handle the matter. If someone sins against you, you rebuke that person. Now watch. And if, if is conditional, right? And if he repent, forgive him. Now watch this. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Well, you forgive as often as one repents. You can't really forgive if one will not repent. But you don't want to let it eat you up either. And don't ever respond to the truth with anger. We know that the truth hurts, don't we? Sometimes. I mean, if we're not doing right, the truth really hurts. When someone else is right and we're in a discussion and they're right and we're wrong, it, it cuts like a knife. And you know what happens when we get cut? Sometimes we'll act up, won't we? Because it hurts. We don't need to do that. Notice Galatians 4.16, the Bible says, Paul speaking to the churches in Galatia, he said, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They didn't like hearing the truth, did they? But that's what they needed to hear. And in our relationships, we need to hear the truth. And if I have a problem with my temper and someone really loves me, that person should come to me and say, Mike, you're having anger problems. You've, you've got wrath. You've, you, you know, you've, you've got a hot head. You're, you're saying things. You're doing things. It's hurting those around you. We need to work to help you control that. And you know what a lot of hotheads will do at that point? They'll blow up. That's what they do. Because they don't want to hear that. Because it hurts. The truth hurts. But still, we need to listen to the words of Paul. In Philippians 4, verse 31, I mean Ephesians 4, 31, Paul said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice oh I know it's harder for some than others to control their tempers but that doesn't mean it's okay to not control your temper there are those that they just have meek mild spirits they always have had they're quiet they're kind they're gentle it's easy for them that's their gift you may be more passionate, you may be more fiery type person, and so it's uh, more difficult for you to control your emotions than others. You may think, well, it's not fair. There's a lot about life that's not fair. But that's your lot. For some reason, you may have a short fuse. 
That's no excuse. You've got to get control of yourself. Get control of your emotions. Put these things away from you. Doesn't happen overnight. You must work. You have a goal. Just like everything else. And you work toward that goal. To control, control, control yourself. So you may find yourself working with those who have hot tempers. Hopefully this will help you, this lesson, this scripture. It may be that you feel anger within you from time to time. Hopefully the scripture will help you to work with the anger within yourself to help you to control it. And then if you have wrath dwelling in you and you feel that and it's been there for a while and it's bound up in there, hopefully you'll look at some of the things that we've discussed and the verses that God has given us, the teachings that we have to help you to move that out of your life. Get it out of your mind. Those things really hurt you more than anyone else. You need to deal with it. Don't let it stay in there because it's going to fester. Just like if you get a thorn in your finger and you just let it stay there, eventually it's going to fester. And, and when it does, bad things happen. And so if you're here this morning and if you have any issues such as these we mentioned, you need to put them away from you. If you've got sin in your life, you need to put it away from you. If you're not a Christian, you need to become one this morning by believing with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God John 3, 16. By repenting of all your sins, Luke 13, 3. By confessing Him before men to be the Son of God, Acts 8, verse 37. And by being baptized into Christ, Galatians 3, 26 and 27. For the remission of sins, Acts 2, 38. And then be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. You've got the church that will help you. Whatever the uh, issues that you may have, they'll help you. They'll be patient with you. And certainly take it to God. He will help you with it. And whatever the case may be, if you're here this morning and you need to respond, won't you come, us together, we stand and sing.